0: Welcome to our Curious Travels, a tourist guide to dark travel destinations around the globe. Join us as we explore dark history and sites related to death and destruction. We hope we can get to know one another along the way. Our names are Fred and Stephen, and we're from San Antonio, Texas. We're a couple who enjoy traveling the world, curious of the dark and often seldom told stories of history. Today. We're visiting Goliath, Victoria, and Yorktown, Texas. Join us as we explore the dark history and travel stops in these small Texas towns. It's time for a three-day road trip. We will explore Native American history, tragedy at Old Texas Forts, disease, and mass death. The cities we visit may be small, but they feature exciting adventures. Texas, like many states, has an interesting culture of roadside attractions that can make road tripping in Texas an interesting occasion. Wandering around Texas roads, you can find giant replicas of Stonehenge and Easter Island close to Kerrville, a huge bat roost in the Texas Hill Country that was once used to encourage large bat populations to fight disease spread by mosquitoes. You can even find a snake farm right off of I-35 in New Brownville's Heck. Texas
1: even has its own Eiffel Tower in Paris, Texas. Americans have been pulling over to glimpse at these type of roadside attractions for generations. I can remember pulling over as a kid to see the largest peanut statue in America. Roadside attractions tell us something bigger about our country. How the rise of the automobile and highways shaped our nation and culture. Roadside attractions have long been a celebration of the creative, entrepreneurial people along American highways. Why not check out a few roadside attractions yourselves while traveling? A good road trip could use a few fun stops and picture ops. Today, we're going to explore several dark stories and history as we road trip through a small part of South Texas. Join us for the ride. We chose Goliad, Victoria, and Yorktown because they were all within close proximity. Making them a perfect destination for a three day road trip.
0: Visiting small towns in Texas gives the visitor a real glance at what life is really like for many Texans. Traveling small towns gives us the opportunity to discover nature, beautiful landscape, food, and local legends and mysteries and memories of the past. Texas back roads are haunting and have plenty of fascinating stories and intriguing places to stop. Rural cemeteries are almost like many museums, giving the visitor a chance to step back in time and enjoy a bit of serenity in nature. We'll be sure to include a few cemeteries for natural beauty and tranquility. Over the years, we have spotted beautiful animal life that's made their home in cemeteries such as fox, owls, raccoons, and deer. At one time, Texas was ruled by nature before European settlements in Texas existed, the land would have been vastly untamed, raw, almost untouched by humanity. Prehistoric fossils of mammoths, horses, camels, sloths, and bison of the late Pilastine era have been unearthed in the area as well as artifacts from the Paleo-Indian period. Before European contact, at least several Indian groups were living in the area. The Ranamas, the Kwankuas, the Tonquas, the Tamiks, Comanche, Lipanapache, and the Taconi were common. By the early 19th century, these indigenous people
1: were targeted against and forced from their lands. Goliad is one of the oldest settlements in Texas. The settlement was originally established in 1749. La Bahia Presidio, located on the southwestern bank of the river, consisted of a large barrack and 40 temporary houses for the garrison of 29 Spanish soldiers and their families. A church completed the garrison. The La Bahia Mission, Espiritu Santo, constructed by Franciscans on the northeastern bank of the San Antonio River for the Aranema and Tamek natives, also had a number of buildings, including the Stone Church and Friary and the Indian Quarters, which from 1758 housed 178 men, women, and children, primarily Aranimas. The Mission also owned 3,220 branded cattle, 120 horses, and 1,600 sheep. By 1778, the branded cattle belonging to the mission and neighboring La Bahia settlement numbered more than 15,000 head. In November 1754, the Franciscans established Nuestra Señora del Rosario, four miles southwest of Espíritu Santo, to convert the Cuancoa and the Cujain natives. The new mission was protected by the Presidio La Bahia garrison and was utilized until 1781 when restless and angry natives abandoned the mission. In 1831, the missions were secularized. The land was occupied by both Indian and Mexican rancheros.
0: Some say the story of Texas as we know it today begins in the walls of an old Spanish fort that would be the signing place of the Texas Declaration of Independence. The place is a church at Presidio La Bahia in Goliad, Texas, where 92 men gathered in the Presidio to sign the document. This event would prove to be the first step in many bloody battles throughout Texas history. Turmoil persisted as settlers in the area rebelled against Mexico and Santa Ana. In 1835, mounting pressure came to a peak as settlers campaigned for independence from Mexico. The Battle of the Alamo broke out in San Antonio on February 23, 1836. At this time, a few hundred men were holding fort in the Alamo, while thousands of Mexican soldiers were ready for battle. Outnumbered, the men at the Alamo sent for help in Goliad.
1: Commander James Fannin had around 400 men at his disposal at Presidio La Bahia. He believed that Goliad was essential because it blocked the supply route to the Gulf of Mexico. Because of this, Fannin was holding fort in Goliad with his men. When Fannin was asked to help with the Battle of the Alamo, he tried to pack up his men and weapons and make the trip towards San Antonio. Unfortunately, Fannin's poor planning would not work in his favor. His wagons broke. He was short on supplies. Oxen accidentally broke loose and had to be caught. Fannin felt that he and his men would not be successful. Instead, they stayed behind and waited to defend the fort at Goliad, which he had renamed Fort Defiance. Just days after the fall of the Alamo, on March 19, 1836, under a heavy fog, Fannin led his company out of Goliad to flee to Victoria for more support. Fannin insisted on taking nine cumbersome artillery pieces of various calibers and about a thousand muskets. He neglected to take enough water and food for more than a few meals. The Mexican army, expecting to lay siege to the fort, was unaware of Fannin's departure until 11 a.m., Texans forfeited about an hour of their lead while crossing the San Antonio River when a cart broke down and a cannon fell into the river and had to be fished out. Another valuable hour was lost when Fannin ordered the oxen be detached for grazing. His company protested this stop, arguing that they should not rest until reaching the protection of the Coletto Creek timber.
0: Ultimately, the Texans under Fannin suffered 10 deaths on March 19, and ammunition was low. On March 20th, Fannin was convinced that making another stand would be futile. Fannin's men apparently drafted terms of surrender, guaranteeing that they would be considered prisoners of war, that their wounded would be treated, and that sooner or later they would be paroled to the United States. The Mexican army made it clear to Fannin in person that he could only offer to intercede on Texas' behalf with Santa Ana. Fannin apparently did not make this fact clear to his men. And survivors' accounts indicate that the Texans were led to believe that they were surrendering honorably as prisoners of war and would be returned to the United States. Those Texans able to walk were escorted back to Goliad. The Texan men were imprisoned in the church of Presidio Lavajia. Many of the Texans wounded were not transported to Goliad for three days. Fannin himself was left on the field for two days. One week after Fannin's surrender, Santa Ana commanded on March 27, 1836, that the captured armed rebels must be executed as pirates. Fannin's entire command, including Fannin himself, were shot in Goliad Massacre on Palm Sunday, March 27, 1836. A total of 417 men were executed that day. Today, you can visit the chapel and courtyard at the Presidio La Bahia, where the mass executions happened. You can actually feel tragedy, and sadness. It's embedded into the land as you walk around.
1: When we visited, the area where there was once executions in 1836 was covered in tiny yellow wildflowers. Perhaps natural beauty can heal some of the wounds of this horrific past. While the history here is sad and violent, this spot in Goliad is both beautiful and haunting. While you visit, Be sure to walk around the grounds, tour the museum, and take a few photos. Just about 10 miles from Goliad is the Coleto Battlefield, now maintained as Fannin Battleground State Historical Site by the Texas Historical Commission. The site seems to be a little less frequented than the Presidio, and is near Fannin, Texas on US Highway 59 between Goliad and Victoria.
0: Another official Texas historic landmark in the area is the Goliad Hanging Tree. For 24 years, court trials of Goliad County were held under this big oak tree. Death sentences were carried out promptly, usually within just a few minutes, courtesy of the tree's many handy, noose-worthy branches. The tree has also served as a gallows for a number of impromptu lynchings during the 1857 cart war between Texians and Mexicans. No tally was kept for how many men died in the hanging tree, but some estimates range into the low hundreds. Erected in 1964 by State Historical Survey Committee, this site is state marker number 2360.
1: Less than 30 miles from Goliath is Victoria, Texas. It's definitely worth the ride and has its share of dark history. On May 14, 2003, authorities discovered 70 immigrants packed into a tractor trailer on Fleming Prairie Road near US-77 in Victoria County. Inside the trailer, which reached 170 degrees, authorities found 19 people dead. One victim was a five-year-old boy. The incident marks the deadliest human smuggling case in the nation. The immigrants were traveling to Houston from Harlingen, where they were abandoned in a parking lot that borders Fleming Prairie Road. There is still a makeshift memorial. While in Victoria, check out a cemetery.
0: Evergreen Cemetery in Victoria, Texas, off of North Vine Street, was made a Texas landmark in 1974 by the Texas Historical Commission. Marker number 6545. The roadside stop is a must when traveling to the area. The marker is located on the south side of the main entrance to the Evergreen Cemetery. The stop owes to a time when Texans preferred backyard burial instead of using a cemetery. Evergreen Cemetery brought on change as the first community cemetery in Victoria located at present-day Memorial Square. It was vastly unpopular with local citizens, as they preferred home burial despite an 1846 city ordinance prohibiting the practice. The name Evergreen Cemetery was chosen in 1883 because of the abundant trees in the area.
1: Over the years, further land acquisition has enlarged the site to 30 acres. Among the 9,000 graves here are those of Martin de Leon, 1765 to 1833, early empresario and founder of Victoria, and veterans of the Texas Revolution, the Mexican-American War, and the Civil War. Last on our South Texas road trip is Yorktown, Texas. The city was founded by Captain John York and Charles Urquhart, and named in honor of Captain John York, an infamous foe of natives in the area, fighting and killing many natives during his lifetime. Eckhart participated in the Texas Revolution and may have met Captain York during military service. Eckhart contracted with John A. King, one of the pioneers of West Texas, to survey a road from Indianola through Yorktown to New Braunfels, later known as the Old Indianola Trail. From its inception in February 1848, this road remained the chief thoroughfare for this part of the state to New Braunfels and San Antonio. This trail shortened the former route by 20 miles and established Yorktown as an important relay station for freighters, trail drivers, and stagecoaches, bringing mail and passengers.
0: Early in 1848, after the founders had the proposed town surveyed, they offered 10 acres and the choice of a lot free, the first 10 families to settle the town site. Many German, Bohemian, Lithuanian, and Polish families came, and soon, change this wilderness into one of the most prosperous sections of the state. Unfortunately, neither one of the founders lived to see the town's development. In October 1848, in a battle with Natus, Captain York and his son-in-law, James Madison Bell, were killed. and They were buried in a single handmade coffin in Yorktown Cemetery, some seven miles east of Yorktown. A historical marker designates York's grave. It's Texas Historical Marker Number 924. In 1842, during an inspection of some of Eckhart's properties in Central America, it caused Eckhart to contract yellow fever, and he died at sea on his return trip. He is buried in New Orleans. The town was eventually incorporated in 1871, after the death of both founders. One could say that the city of Yorktown began in tragedy and bloodshed.
1: The city is now known as an oil town, with oilfield workers coming and going. The city is also known for its Western Days. Celebrated on the third weekend of October, Western Days is a three-day town celebration featuring a carnival, barbecue cook-off, horseshoes, quilt show, poker run, and street dancing. Western Days is held downtown at the city park. The city sees many out-of-town guests during Western Days, But throughout the year, interested tourists will make their way to an old abandoned hospital rumored to be a place of tragedy and haunts. Dark tourists come for the history, stories, and legends. The abandoned hospital has attracted filming of Ghost Adventures, It Feels Evil, Sam and Colby, as well as countless TV shows, news stories, and podcasts. You should definitely visit if you're interested, or at least pull off the road to take in its story with a photograph or two.
0: During the 1950s, while the Korean War was still going on, the idea of building a hospital in Yorktown stemmed from inaccessibility of one, since a hospital located in San Antonio was the closest in the area. The money raised came from fundraisers, donations, and grants from companies such as the Ford Motor Company. Yorktown Memorial Hospital originally opened its doors in 1951, and was run by the Felician Sisters of the Roman Catholic Church. The hospital eventually closed its doors in 1986, when a newer hospital opened in nearby Quero, Texas. At that time, the structure was used as a drug rehab facility until its total decommission in 1992. It's estimated that the structure has seen over 2,000 deaths in its history, and as of 2023, it's been abandoned for 31 years, and it's currently a private property available for tours and investigations, by reservation only.
1: On the main floor, you will find several patient rooms, operating rooms, and also a nurse's station. On this floor, there is also an entrance to the chapel. The nurse's station is believed to be very active. Visitors have claimed to have seen ghostly apparitions of a doctor dressed in scrubs walking among this floor, particularly in the operating areas. On the top floor, you will find an old Felician nun quarters. At the end of the hallway, there is an entrance to the choir loft where the nuns would conduct prayer. There are many reports of the spirits of some of the nuns who ran the hospital particularly on this floor. People who have investigated and toured the hospital claim that the nuns can be violent. One of the most common claims from this floor is that people with tattoos have been choked or even scratched. The basement has access to a loading dock, a boiler room, and priests and physician quarters.
0: Stephen and I actually share this property with guests. We lead tourists on a tour and investigation of the abandoned hospital and we share its stories and our own personal experiences. Over the years, we have seen lights turn on when absolutely no electricity was present in the building. We've heard unexplained footsteps. We've even had tiny rocks thrown at us by something unseen. But perhaps the most interesting experience happened when we were locking up the building one night. After guest leave, we checked the building floor by floor to see if anyone has been left behind. In doing this one night in the basement, we noticed that instead of seeing two shadows following us as per usual, we spotted a third shadow, a shadow of a man that looked both taller and larger than either of us. The strange shadow produced the feeling that we were being watched. The shadow followed us throughout the basement and vanished when we were going up to the stairs of the main floor. There are lots of experiences that have happened at the hospital that are simply unexplainable. Some guests think that the haunts are just coincidence and chalk it up to the idea that guests are in a strange, dark, abandoned building for hours at a time. While others believe that there is life, a life force that still is active at this abandoned hospital. You can decide for yourself. You can book a tour with us at this property at CuriousTwins.com.
1: We're coming to the end of this episode, but we have more episodes coming. Travel to New Mexico as we visit Carlsbad and Roswell. We're excited to share more dark and morbid travel destinations with you. But first, a few safety tips to consider when taking a road trip. Research your trip and communicate with friends or family travel plans. It's a good idea for someone to know where you are in case of an emergency. Assemble an emergency kit and first aid kit. Inspect and maintain your vehicle. Carefully plan your route. Check weather forecast and limit nighttime driving for safety. With a few safety measures in place, you're ready to have a road trip you will remember. Go
0: ahead. Take that road trip you've been dreaming of. Traveling allows us to get in touch with ourselves and with others. Be sure to check out CuriousTwins.com for more episodes, events, and tours. You can follow us at Curious Twins Paranormal on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Even if you never get to visit the locations we share, we hope you enjoy learning about these locations as much as we enjoy sharing them. We look forward to the next episode of Curious Travels with Fred and Stephen. If you're curious, join us. We appreciate the company.